We're here with the 42nd episode of Fear Frequency, and for our new listeners, it's a weekly horror podcast where we round up the latest horror news and review a movie or two. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, back from my New England trip. Back from the getting cursed by the witch in Salem. Yeah, well, I'll talk all about that. <laughs> but who, who are you? Uh, I'm George Rizard. And if you're a new listener, we'd really appreciate it if you guys gave us a review over on iTunes. Five stars is what we're going for, but... You know, if you don't feel like we deserve it, that's okay. We want you to be honest. Uh, And remember, you can always send us an email at fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read your message on the show. This week, we have a couple new things from fans. We have an iTunes review Jimmy's going to read. Disgraced comedian Louis C.K. says, (laughs) Great podcast. Everyone needs a little Jimmy. Uh, Which makes me think that it's someone from my YouTube channel, so thank you, disgraced comedian Louis C.K. I hope you're working out your problems. I didn't know you were so interested in Halloween, but thank you for uh, checking out my channel and my podcast. I mean, it's like, you know, you never know what some people are into. And then we also got a uh, fan letter sent to us via email uh, from Brittany Powers, and it says, Longtime listener, guys, that I'd send, I'd try to send you maybe your third email. You guys do an amazing job. Always keep up the good work, and I recommend you to everyone I know. So... Thank you for that, Brittany. Thanks, Brittany. I think I know this is Mando Gurr on Instagram. She's great. She likes all of her stuff. So this week, we're coming at you live from Massachusetts, which is where Slender Man takes place. I wrote down Wisconsin, but Sony's trying to change that. Uh, we have some news stories about some new Blu-ray releases. We have a trailer for A24 Slice, the return of Supermassive Games, and a review of Sony's latest disaster, Slender Man, for you guys. But before we get into that, I'm getting an incoming transmission from Haddonfield, Illinois. It sounds like our friend, Dr. Sam Loomis, is dying once again which means we have a halloween alert before we get into that i have never seen halloween six i just realized <laughs> two two weekends ago i like i was like uh i watched five for my review and i was like i should just get a head start on six watch the theatrical cut because I, I thought i'd seen it right i haven't i i have not seen that movie i've only seen you had never even seen the theatrical cut no i've only seen the cinemassacre stuff oh, but like man. that was enough in my brain to form my like memory of that movie and i like I still hated it. It was really bad. Like, it was terrible. That movie is no good. (laughs) Like, even the producer's cut, which a lot of people praise and say that it's good for adding mythology, trying to deepen the lore a little bit of Michael, uh, even the producer's cut is is a pile of trash. Yeah, I watched that on the way to Boston, and that one seemed more familiar, but still, I don't think I've ever seen it. It's like, they could put on the box art if they ever re-released it. They could say, the movie's so bad, AMC Fear Fest never showed it. (laughs) That might be a nice tagline. That might actually get some some people interested. (laughs) They might think it's a directed DVD sequel. Because they've shown some shit over the years. But uh, <laughs> that movie's bad, in case anyone was wondering my thoughts on it. I'm working on my review. That's the one people are excited for, so I'm putting a lot of time into it. Yeah, that one is uh, definitely the most controversial. Halloween 4 is also pretty big. Uh, people are really into Halloween 4, which I did not expect. I thought it would be like 4 meh, 5 meh, 6 gangbusters, but it was like 4. I think is one of my most commented videos of all time. Five did a lot better than I thought I would, and so six, I am really hoping, does well. So that's what I'm working on. But uh, basically, that 4K Blu-ray announcement has just been a nightmare. It's like just a disaster. <laughs> like It got posted on Barnes & Noble, then it got confirmed a week later, then like Bloody Disgusting got the details on it. But today, a trailer came out for it, and it was uploaded on YouTube in 1080p, which like, come on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> 
Right. Great. Like, at least do a 4K if it's a 4K yeah. Blu-ray. It's like, all right, whatever. I'm not surprised. It comes out September 25th, and it has special features, which are an audio commentary with John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis, the Night She Came Home featurette, and On Location 25 Years Later featurette, TV version footage, which is cool, because the TV version, I think, has different stuff in it that w- uh, has never been released it's weird yeah if i remember correctly the tv version has i think an extra scene in the psychiatric hospital yeah yeah loomis and kid michael like they never really said that there's two versions but i think they had to pad it a little bit for tv because it wasn't quite long enough then you get a trailer some tv spots some radio spots the radio spots i really want to hear because that's like a different time you know radio was big back then i'd love to hear what radio ads for halloween were like in 19 1978 and uh they have that nick castle doctor oh wait no this is the next story (laughs) (laughs) this isn't included in the feature no (laughs) as a special feature the doc is formatted kind of weird which is my fault i think this is a a 4k re-release of a special edition that's already come out so none of the extras are especially new i don't think but still it's gonna be awesome to have this movie in 4k dude i know uh from watching that documentary on halloween that one of the things that carpenter spent the majority of the budget on was camera equipment because he wanted right. to make sure that the movie was shot in the best picture possible like it probably well, you would saw you saw well. the four- yeah and some of these features are cool i've never watched the director's commentary you know like i've never seen the john carpenter commentary on it so nick castle there was that iconic dr pepper photo it's like black and white where he had the mask up on his head and he's pouring a can of dr pepper into its mouth i guess uh they recreated that with the new movie there's there's not really much more to say about it it's just kind of cool <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's sort of fun it's one of those popular behind the scenes pictures from the first movie and obviously it's it's still remembered to today since nick castle did it for this movie it's not like some throwaway yeah. picture but i don't know i mean it, it's kind of fun it's not really that crazy but it's cool that they took the time to do little throwbacks like this i went to this place in uh salem called count orlock's nightmare gallery Uh and he had some awesome stuff in there he had mannequins of a bunch of different horror movie characters he had the vampire from salem's lot he had a full-sized eight-foot replica of the werewolf from american werewolf in london oh my god he had a life-size chucky life-size michael myers just anything you can think of it was so cool they wouldn't let me take pictures in there but it was awesome and when you get out into the lobby the one thing i could take a picture of was they had a halloween 2 trick-or-treat studios mask signed by tony moran and this guy count orlock i think it was actually count orlock he was (laughs) He was like, yeah, a bunch of people uh, like are so excited to have Nick Castle back. They all keep saying how great it is to have Nick Castle, the original shape, back. But when you see Michael unmasked in Halloween 1, that's Tony Moran. Tony Moran comes back to Count Orlocks every year and does signings and stuff. And he's going to be there sometime in September. I think, I don't know why I remember this, but I think he said September 25th. So he's like the actual face of Michael Myers when he takes the mask off? Yeah. And next up on here, Funko is releasing he-man figures so he-man style figures it's called the savage world toy line but there's a horror edition coming out where you can get leatherface jason Voorhees, freddy krueger pinhead michael myers and they all come out in september but the weirdest thing is we've talked about this a couple times the easiest license to get right now for merchandise seems to be halloween resurrection and this michael myers is from resurrection on the box but it doesn't really look like it in the mask it it just looks awesome i feel like the rights for making anything resurrection related are probably cheaper than well they're doing uh the pinhead one is from hellraiser 3 hell on earth and the reason i know that that one is the easiest 
obvious license to get in the Hellraiser franchise is because uh, Supreme did a Hellraiser line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it looks like shit. It was like the bare minimum they could have fucking done. Like, I'm so... I don't know. I, I don't like hypebeast stuff, but that was like the ugliest fucking sweater I've ever seen, dude. <laughs> it looks so bad. So, so bad. But it was, like I guess, really easy to get the license for Hellraiser 3 Hell on Earth. Like you said, they're He-Man style. So, like, the Michael Myers is wearing his normal boiler suit, but the sleeves are busted open because he has huge biceps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Freddy Krueger is wearing basically a, a loincloth and kind of a shredded, like, Bam Bam style top. Which is I like the Freddy a lot, <laughs> yeah. and I like the Leatherface. They're all kind of fun. Like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want all of them. I will buy the Michael Myers one, and I will definitely get the Jason and Freddy, and then I'll be like, shit, I should probably just get the Leatherface <laughs> and the Pinhead. Like, that's the progression of what's going right. to happen. I already right, know. you're going to have one your cart, you're going to be like, well, might as well get this one, too. And you're like, well, if I have three out of four, might as well get the fourth one. <laughs> Uh, they look so cool. So that's awesome. We, you can get those in September. Next up, we have... The Halloween soundtracks went up for pre-order. And I say soundtracks because there are so many different editions of it at various different stores. But the cool thing is they're all cheap as hell. They range from $19 to $26. Uh, 14 bucks is the cheapest if you're buying the CD. But, like, who's going to get that in 2018? <laughs> Sacred Bones has four different versions. That's the record label John Carpenter's under. So they have the art edition, which is clear with an orange insert color vinyl. But they also have an orange vinyl one for 22, which is the one I want. Then they have a standard black one. And I know you can get a bunch of different kinds from FYE and Books A Million and all these other stores. They all have exclusive versions. They posted a little teaser of the soundtrack online on the Sacred Bones channel, and it had a little bit of the soundtrack in it. This is definitely something to be excited about. I also really like the um, the solid orange vinyl. I think that that's just, the one I want. That just looks really cool and it fits with the theme super well. So if I were to get one, that's one I would get. Yeah, like you said, the little snippets that we've gotten so far, the soundtrack sound great. I think Carpenter, his son, and I think there's one other person. Daniel Davies. Yeah, Daniel Davies are everyone. Everyone we saw last fall. It's sweet to see that they they kind of get together and that they're sounds like you know they're really excited to work on this and they've put put a lot of time and effort into it and 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 like you said they're reasonably priced so even if you just kind of want one as a collector's item it's not going to break the bank to pick up a vinyl or two um I, it just is a no-brainer i have all of john carpenter's albums i've lost themes one and two and the anthology one all hung up on my wall so i'm definitely gonna get this one yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's just no reason not to you know if you get two uh, one to frame the the actual vinyl one to frame the the i know sleeve <laughs> that's it for the halloween alert this week so before we get into segment one, gotta talk about how fucking awesome Salem is. You know, I was really nervous that Salem was gonna be this like kitschy touristy like witch town. Yeah. But it is honestly one of the coolest places I've ever been. It was so awesome, dude. There's a bunch of abandoned buildings there for a bunch of years and they turned them all into restaurants. And we ate at a lot of different places, and all of them were good. There was it was so good. The food was amazing. And they have these laws there where you can buy one of these old abandoned colonial buildings. But and you can do whatever you want to the inside of them, but you have to keep it looking like it's it w- looked when it was built. Uh-huh. So all the buildings are like old colonial, creepy ass New England, like 
structures. Looks yeah. awesome. The Witch Museum, I was really, really surprised it looked exactly the same as it does in Fallout 4. <laughs> but there's no Deathclaw in there, obviously. Right. Uh, we went to the Hocus Pocus house. There's this brewery there, though, that I loved called Far From The Tree Cider. All the little bars that supported them, I guess, when they were small around town in Salem. They all get exclusive ciders that they have on tap. So there's like a cherry one. We had a peach one and a couple others that were all amazing. So I also saw we them in... doing that. Uh... Oh, the ectoplasm. Yeah. Oh, that one looks so cool. It's, <laughs> it, the flavor of it sounds disgusting because it's all natural stuff. So they use like kiwi and apple and anything that's fluorescent green they just kind of mixed to make it look like ecto cooler but i'd try it you'd at least want a picture of it or, or a can of it just to just kind of have yeah it was awesome so we were in salem for uh two and a half days i bought a, a nun living dead doll my first foray into the living dead dolls i bought, <laughs> finally bought one and yeah it looked like uh, she was having I, a great time there oh she had a blast <laughs> you guys want to see more pictures of her there's all over my instagram <laughs> It's really funny. Everyone's asking me, like, what did Kelsey think of that? My girlfriend. I was like, she encouraged me to buy it because I went on the set visit for the nun and I loved it so much. So she was like, yeah, you should have that nun. I was like, okay. That's, <laughs> that's the only thing. I, I got that and I got a one-inch voodoo doll in Salem. Then we went to Boston for a couple days. Boston's great, but I went there last year, so there's not really anything new to report. I basically just did my highlight reel from when I was there last year. We were there for a wedding, and it was in uh, Laconia, New Hampshire. I love Laconia this time of year. My girlfriend was a bridesmaid. I'm saying my girlfriend to the listeners, but George, Kelsey was a bridesmaid, as Mm -hmm. you knew. And so she had to do bridesmaid stuff. She was staying with them, so I had my own hotel room. And so the first night there, I... uh, I went mini golfing by myself. <laughs> and then um, I went home. I woke up bright and early the next morning. And I was like, I've exhausted everything this little town has to offer. <laughs> so I just drove to Portland, Maine for the day, which was not close. It was about two and a half hours each way. Okay. But I found this dude. I found this bar in Portland called Mash Tun. And they had all the local... There's so many breweries in Portland, Maine, I guess. But they had all the local brews on tap. And they had... Their menu was burger, medium, (laughs) fries, Parmesan ranch, and like a couple different options. So I got the Parmesan ranch fries and a burger... Tried a bunch of beers, had a blast. Yeah, and I saw um, some of the drone shots that are on your Instagram and some of the things you sent me. I mean, it like... Landscape-wise, it looks really cool with all the old-school buildings and the oh, forests dude, and I trees and all that. Very uh, Castle Rock-esque. All right, we'll move on in a second, but I got to tell you about this. So there's a jail. It's an old jail in Salem. And since you can't change the exterior of the buildings, a lot of what it turns into is either a restaurant or a condo building. So this old jail was a holding jail. So while you're awaiting sentencing, you'd stay in this jail. It's, it's been around for hundreds of years. Uh-huh. And the thing about it was they didn't give you bathrooms in your cells. They give you a bucket. You'd think like, oh, this jail probably closed in the 1800s. No, this jail was open until 1991. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the prisoners sued and won, and they got reparations. They got money, even regardless of whether or not they went to jail later on. Right, just because of like inhumane conditions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised it took as long as it did. um, (laughs) Yeah, 90s. Early 90s seems a bit late for that. It turned into a condo building, and I'm going to live there one day. I swear (laughs) to God, dude, it is so 
cool. It is the coolest looking thing. They left all the big jail doors into the hallways and everything, but it's a luxury condo building. Oh my god, it looks so cool. And on the first floor, they have a place called Bit Bar, which is a arcade bar that has great food and awesome beer. It's just it was amazing. That sounds you awesome. You can walk you can walk anywhere you want in Salem. It's it's the most walkable town I've ever been to. It's great. <laughs> it's a great place. Great people. Everyone was nice and kind. There was a fountain in front of the one of the bars we went to, and we came out at one in the morning, and people were swimming in it, which is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, overall, great trip. I guess we can get into the news now. All right. The first thing on here, we're starting with a banger, dude. Slice, the new film from A24, got its first trailer, and it is everything I've ever wanted from a movie. <laughs> so the plot of this movie is, in a spooky small town... When a slew of pizza delivery boys are slain on the job, two daring survivors set out to catch the culprits behind the cryptic crime spree. The culprits in the trailer seem to be a werewolf. Yeah. Which is uh, they awesome. Do, they do say werewolf. I hope it's a werewolf. And this the weirder thing about this is this movie stars Chance the Rapper. Probably his debut acting <laughs> yeah, role. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like Flying Lotus had that movie that Shudder bought. And then Joe Keery's in it from Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and Zazie Beetz, who played Domino in Deadpool 2, who's my favorite part of Deadpool 2, she's in it. The aesthetic, the soundtrack, everything about this movie looks awesome to me. And it comes out this year. Yeah, I'm surprised this comes out this year. I hadn't heard anything about it until I watched this trailer today. I had It was not on my radar at all. Have you seen the teasers they've been doing for it? They've been tweeting out pictures of other brands' pizza all sliced up. <laughs> no, I haven't seen any of they that. They did a Little Caesars one, a Pizza Hut one, and a Domino's one. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but like you said, the, the aesthetic, it's super stylized, neon-soaked, thumping beats. It, it kind of has a Hot La Miami feel to it. Can you tell why I like it? Yeah, I can tell why you like it. <laughs> 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 it's but, just, look it's so good yeah i mean the aesthetic is just out of this world it looks awesome and i can't wait to catch this so supermassive games are the people behind until dawn which is so much better than it had any right to be originally announced as a playstation move game for ps3 it turned into this full featured quantic dream style virtual movie that you got to play it had like Hayden pantier and uh, fucking Rami Malek yeah. <laughs> shit like it's so good I didn't know Sony didn't own them I just assumed they did because of the games they were being you know they were putting out but turns out they were a second party studio like Insomniac Games and they're back with a horror anthology game series that looks like a spiritual successor to Until Dawn and the first game in that series is called Man of Medan and it looks awesome the trailer came out today out of gamescom and the story starts off on a dive boat in the south pacific there's a rumored world war ii wreck to find and plenty of on deck partying to be had a group of four young americans and their skipper fliss get ready for what should be the trip of a lifetime of course it doesn't go as it pla- as was planned a storm rolls in they find themselves trapped on board a ghost ship <laughs> and the trailer was great i was kind of just waiting for this developer to make something new because i i thought until dawn was great and i hadn't really heard of them working on anything else so it's cool to see they're doing a game in like the same vein at this point yeah and it had Iceman sean ashmore how did i remember that that's bizarre (laughs) uh uh, it's an anthology thing so they're doing more which is weird because i don't know whenever developers come out of the gate announcing a series it's like why would you do that because if this game doesn't sell well you know it's, it's gonna get canceled <laughs> right maybe, maybe put all your eggs in this basket for now and then 
shift it later once once this one does well. But I, one of the things that I thought, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the aesthetic of this kind of reminded me of that movie uh, Triangle. You remember that movie? That's exactly what I thought of. Oh my god, <laughs> I have never. You, I don't know how you found that movie, but I've never seen anyone mention it ever. It's on Shutter now. Oh my god, I need to watch it again. It's a it's a time loop movie where a lady ends up on a ship that's uh, in the Bermuda Triangle, I think. And yeah, and it's, there's it's a wild movie. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it definitely it's complicated in its plot. There's a lot of moving parts going on, but it's it, it has that kind of feel because it's in the middle of the ocean. Uh, supernatural things are going on. It looks like this one might be a little bit more um, supernatural and the yeah totally. where there's more ghosts and you know specters paranormal things that way more so than it being uh, like a slasher villain after them but right um i think it, it definitely looks really cool and i can't wait to play this i'm just so excited that they're off of psvr duty or yeah i mean one, one the, a couple of the games they made until dawn rush of blood which i guess was okay but they also made a game that is called uh the inpatient or something they made two games another vr game that's connected it's a it's about the insane asylum in until dawn and that was a psvr oh, really? game and then they made some weird cop game played with your phone do you remember when sony i think it was oh, two e3s ago um, hidden they agenda announced the, yeah they announced those games you could play with your phone yeah yeah uh they made one of those hidden agenda that's yeah, I heard, what, you're right that's what it's called i heard hidden agenda wasn't very good but i heard the inpatient wasn't very good either so <laughs> So it seems like they kind of lo- lose their footing if they're not doing uh, Until Dawn-esque I mean, projects. I get it. Like, you know, Until Dawn was in development for a long time. They're a second-party studio. I, I I, can't imagine that game sold extremely well. You know, it has a cult following, I would say, but it's not like gangbuster-selling games. So I get why they'd probably have to build up some cash reserves to these smaller games for Sony. But, dude, Sony should have bought these guys. They're so dumb. It's like, uh, it's it's just weird that they didn't buy them when yeah. they had the chance or, or this is this at, is on everything or at least give them the same amount of funding that like insomniac gets i mean look at what's going on with spider-man they just took a whole train in new york city and painted it with the spider-man logo can't you do anything right. for these guys like give them a little bit of cash to get this get everything going i mean get get a little bit of promotion get a little bit of hype built up i saw the playstation account tweeted like all the characters can live or die in this game blah 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 today and I almost quote retweeted it and said, look, it's more marketing than they ever gave until dawn. But I was like, that's a little mean, so I didn't. But, and it's unfair, but uh, I'm just excited. It comes out next year. It looks awesome. Yeah, uh, I'm just uh, happy to see the studio coming back to the, the style of game because I really like until dawn. Yeah, and so you and I really like the Scream show. You found it initially. And really, you're like, dude, you got to watch this. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, I really so like, sla- like There's this show. other show, Slasher, which I've never seen. It was on Chiller. For a while at two seasons uh-huh. and then chiller dissolved and the show ended up on netflix but i didn't know that netflix bought the rice to the show i thought it just ended up there they're actually producing a third season of it and friend of the show adam mcdonald the director of pie Wacket and backcountry is directing at least an episode or two i hadn't really heard about this show too much i haven't watched any of it um i know chiller kind of had a little bit of a bad reputation they uh they had, remember they turned one of the best VHS shorts, Amateur Night, into oh. a movie, a feature film called Siren, oh. about that vampire. And it, it's a bad, 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 bad movie. <laughs> but, so so this, is, this show is in a similar vein to the Scream show, where it's like... 
it feels like the same quality level, maybe if not a little bit better. The third season, at least, is going to get a bigger budget, I would assume, than the first two. I think it's an anthology show, too, where it's a new villain every season. I mean, that's a fun idea, then. Because, I mean, that's something that can be... You know, if you don't have to worry about bringing back characters and plot lines and you can start fresh, basically start at square one with a bigger budget, new studio. I mean, it's definitely cool of Netflix to save all these shows that have a lot of fanfare where people really appreciate them. And it seems like this show might be one that would really benefit from having a bigger budget and a larger audience of people to talk about it and kind of spread the word because... I mean, as a concept of an anthology slasher show, I mean, that's really cool. But since it was on Chiller, it was like no one even had the chance to talk about it or like watch it. Chiller is expensive and hard to get. (laughs) Right. So if it's on Netflix and everybody can watch the first two seasons and then maybe be like, oh, well, like maybe watch the third one that comes out and then third season is like really good, then at least word of mouth will spread. It'll have definitely a bigger audience from the start just because it'll be on netflix as opposed to chiller i'm gonna catch up on seasons one and two though just because i really liked pie Wacket. that movie's release was so staggered and just bizarre that i don't feel like it really got a fair shake from general audiences despite all the great press yeah i agree completely so i really want to support adam mcdonald i think that dude his career feels very similar to adam wingard before he was on death note and blair witch and everything uh it feels like that guy is going places like he, his stuff is really good pie Wacket is an awesome movie yeah and that's definitely a movie that nails uh aesthetic extremely well so if you can bring some of that into a slasher tv show i'm 100 percent in for that maximum overdrive which is an awesome movie is coming to blu-ray from vestron pictures on october 23rd the reason this is significant though is because it has an all-new commentary from ryan turek vp of film development and community outreach over at blumhouse slash friend of my youtube channel (laughs) this is also uh, a king adaptation yeah which is really weird which is weird because it's it's way more like whimsical than any other king book i mean it's like in tone extremely light and fun i mean yeah there's a bunch of murders i mean kids get killed trucks run (laughs) over people there's I mean, a kid on a bike who gets run over by uh, one of those giant lawnmowers for, like, football fields, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, or the guy that's trying to get the uh, coke out of the coke machine and it just nails oh him Oh, my right God. That's my favorite part. And the <laughs> prosthetic effect of the giant dent in his head. Yeah. I mean, I guess we should explain what this movie is. It's an 80s movie where basically machinery comes to life and just starts killing people. And one of the main antagonists is a Toys R Us semi-truck with a giant green goblin face from Spider-Man yeah. <laughs> on the front of it. It's on the box art of the Blu-ray that they're releasing. Yeah, it's definitely a fun ride. I wouldn't I, I don't think the plot is really like extremely well thought out or anything. No. But it's definitely a total blast to watch. ACDC did the yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, ACDC. The soundtrack is 100% ACDC, which is awesome. It's so like adrenaline fueled. It's just, every scene is so crazy and out there. It's always a fun watch. Like, every time I am flipping through any kind of streaming service, if I see this, I'm like, oh, I guess I know what I'm watching. I, I think the biggest problem with it is that it peaks with the soda machine, though. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah, I do really like the soda machine. The, I made a gif out of that years ago. <laughs> Freshman year of college, I want to say. And I used to just let it loop on my phone. It would come up in my pictures, and I'd just laugh endlessly. <laughs> uh, but it's cool we're getting a, a new commentary with Turek, since he's kind of hot right now with the new Halloween movie coming out and everything. It'll be interesting to see 
That guy is so cool. I don't have role models, really, but if there's one role model I have, it's definitely him. He's just such a cool guy. And you can tell he definitely has a lot of uh, personal attachment to these kind of 80s movies with doing the whole slashback video um, booths and everything. Like, you can tell that these are kind of his his passion he made that scream documentary that was so good that it got put on the blu-ray box set with all the scream <laughs> movies right you can tell this guy has a ton of passion for this stuff so i i'm really interested to see what kind of things he has to say on the commentary track diablo 3 the eternal collection is coming to nintendo switch later this year it's going to be locked in both handheld and on tv at 60 frames per second and it has all the dlc the Necromancer included, and it's going to be 60 bucks. Yeah, um, I really like that game. I, It did have some problems at launch. I know we bought it launch day and um, <laughs> yeah. had some issues with it in, in the beginning. But throughout the life of the game, it definitely improved a lot. And I thought the, the Reaper of Souls DLC was really fun. So uh, I never too. made a Necromancer character, but I'm going to, I'm excited to jump in and, and kind of dive into that class yeah me too it uh it runs at 720p on handheld and 960p when docked which is fine that's just a cool game to have on portable i remember when me and you were uh big on vita we wanted a diablo style game so we uh got untold legends yes, the psp yeah. game do you remember that that game yeah. sucked but it was so much fun <laughs> it was at least it was close enough, and we could play it uh, cooperatively, so it, it definitely satisfied that itch that we had at the moment. So we didn't care how bad of a game it was, because it was like, well, at least this is kind of the thing we were looking for. Closest, yeah, closest that, we can that get. so bad. That was like a, that was a Sony online entertainment game, first party franchise, that made it all the way to PS3. And then just kind of died out. It was a P- it had a PS3 launch game. It was wild. But I'm glad that on Switch we're actually getting a fucking Diablo 3. Yeah, I mean, that's just really cool. Especially with, like I was saying earlier, all the improvements made to that game. I mean, there's, like, endless replayability. You can sink as many hours as you want into that game. So to have that uh, on the go is definitely really cool. Yeah, and there's one story I didn't put on here that I wanted to talk about with you. So did you hear this news with Ash vs. Evil Dead coming back as a video game, a VR game? Uh, only the little bit that uh, we talked about it when you said you were making a video on it. Basically, since Ash vs. Evil Dead is over and the third season is coming out on Blu-ray right now and Stars wants to, I guess, recoup their money, uh-huh. they had interviews with all the like Bloody Disgusting and Dread Central and everyone, and the writer from Bloody Disgusting sat down with Bruce Campbell and asked if he was retiring his voice as Ash too, and he said no. He's doing an immersive game, video game. He's working on that right now. So then our buddy John Barkan over at Dread Central, who's now the editor-in-chief of Dread Central, which, you know, give him a little round of applause. He'll feel it in his heart. (laughs) He sat down with Ray Santiago, who plays Pablo on uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and he asked him about a VR game, and he was like, said something around the lines of, uh, I can't talk about it, but you're really, I'm feeling warm. He's like, I'm at the beach. It's a really hot day. I'm feeling really hot. Like, I'm really hot. So you're saying, yeah, there's going to be a VR game. <laughs> and they're all lending their voice talents to it. So I don't know, dude. I, I wish they'd do a real game. I don't want to discredit VR as a video game, but that just limits the player base so much, in my opinion. I mean, it's cool to get the actual actors from the show to the do ghost, the voice the work for it. to come back? Yeah. Um, 
but it's just like, I don't know. I don't know if I really would be interested, even if I had a full VR setup to play this game. Like, I don't know what. I wouldn't want the Evil Dead show conclusion to be via a VR game. It seems like a lot of bad decisions are made with the show. It ends up on Stars, a channel no one has, and a channel that has no other horror content, virtually none. So why would anyone subscribe to Stars to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead? They filmed this show that's set in Michigan for the vast majority of it in New Zealand, which, granted, there's a diverse ecosystem in New Zealand, and there's a lot of different biomes, I guess, because it's like a geographically diverse country, but it looks nothing like Michigan. Then they bring in a bunch of weird New Zealand TV directors, and the person who directed uh, Silent Hill 3D, the second one, to direct episodes and sam raimi only directed the first episode it's like every decision they make on the show seems to be the wrong decision and they finally get a chance to bring everyone back including bruce campbell and it seems like they're gonna isolate it to vr when there's already an ash there's already an evil dead vr game did you know that no i did not know that there's a five dollar vr endless runner where you move your head to move your head in the game and that's the direction you end up running you can punch deadites and stuff it's relatively new it's five bucks so you already have this tiny user base. Put out another Evil Dead VR game. It's just going to cannibalize. The, they're going to cannibalize each other. Yeah, it, it just seems like kind of a bad idea. And it's already such a small sample size for people who have VR. I mean, it's like first you take the show, put it on a small enough sample size by putting it on stars. And now you're going to put the conclusion on something that's even smaller than like people who have stars and also have a VR setup or have bought the Blu-rays. I mean, it's just, it seems like no one's going to play this. No one's going to buy it. So I don't know what the point right. of getting all these people together to even make the game is. Just make it t- made for TV movie. Just make it an hour long conclusion. I don't know. It just seems, it doesn't seem like the smartest move. Honestly. No, no, it does not. That's it for the news this week. Uh, we'll be right back with our review of Slender Man. Ooh, he's so scary. <laughs> the Slender Man. The son of Sam. Alright guys, we're back from our quick break. And this week we're reviewing Slender Man, which was directed by Sylvan White. And it was written by David Burke, who's old as shit, which is one of many problems this movie has. And George, you saw this before me. Yeah. And what did you tell me when you got out of the theater? Uh, I said Slender Man is possibly one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I was like, okay, Uh, I want to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll give it a fair shake. So I went to the movie theater last night and I saw it. And I completely agree that it's one of the worst (laughs) movies I've ever seen. So the big controversy with this is that Sony is the production company behind it. They were distributing it. They got cold feet on it because the dad of the girl who got stabbed by those other two girls in Wisconsin was like, that's distasteful. And that's that's the only controversy this movie really faced was that. And Sony was scared. So they cut out, I want to say half the movie, right? Does that make sense to you? Didn't it feel like that much was cut out? Oh, they cut out so much of the movie. You can tell from the trailer that they released just a few weeks ago, there's multiple scenes and a whole character in the trailer alone 
the right. one trailer that aren't in the movie. So I'm going to try my best to explain the plot here. But one of the things they removed was the plot. <laughs> I mean, so, honestly, that's true. The plot no, is they really did. They took out the entire plot. So basically, uh, there's four friends. They're girls. They have a sleepover and they summon Slenderman online on their Chromebook. <laughs> and one of the one of the things with Slenderman is that I guess when you summon him, you hear three bells. And then if you if you open your eyes before the third bell rings, he'll come for you, which is a rule they set up and don't follow. Like you said, so the main plot is they try to summon the Slender Man, and then it starts coming after them because one of their friends disappears. So they go out into the woods to try to resummon Slender Man and kind of get their friend back. And so they're like, yeah, you got to bring something you care about into the woods, and then Slender Man, you give it to him, and then you can get your friend back or something. And then... yeah. So they bring the stuff in, the one girl peeks, and then she goes and has a run on the Slender Man. And then everybody pays the price for it, even though they followed the rules. So I guess Slender Man doesn't care about the rules, and since Slender Man doesn't care about the rules, we as the audience don't care about the rules. I think one of the big issues is, like you said, because they cut almost all the death scenes, characters will just disappear. There'll be a scene with a character, and then you won't see them ever again. That happens with Chloe, who's played by Jazz Sinclair. It also happens with a guy character named Tom. Yeah. Uh, he's dating, I guess, the the main girl, Haley, but their interaction is two scenes. He's like, you want to come over to my house for a date? And she's like, yeah. And then they're fucking, and she's like, don't watch the Slender Man tape. And he's like, okay. And then the next day, he comes into school. He's emo now after he watched the yeah. Slender Man tape. Well, in the trailer, you can see him just kind of arms spread wide, jumping off a bridge. Oh, okay. So, T-posing. So, I, I guess you have to watch the trailer to get the real ending of the movie, but... Um, so, I guess he jumps off a bridge, but we don't ever see that in the movie. He just... You see him, and you're like, I guess he watched the tape, and then you never see him again. So, and another thing you see people saying, right, is that if if that wasn't taken out, this movie would have been good. I will admit, the shot work was awesome, and there was some good sound design in the movie, but this movie's acting is so bad the acting and dialogue are 100% terrible they all suck (laughs) it has uh joey king from wish upon how the fuck is she (laughs) cast in movies dude she sucked in wish upon they left go watch the yms review everyone she's just terrible she's so bad and she gets top billing in this movie and then you think like oh julia goldanes tell who plays Haley, the main character you think she's gonna be your saving grace? It, it's like watching the main character in a video game that doesn't speak. She never speaks. She so, just looks at people. They gave her so little to do and so little to talk about because she's the main character, and I think the intention was to have that be kind of the person you impress yourself upon, much like you said, a video game character. So I guess you can put yourself in her shoes more so than any other character, and you don't want her to say too much because it might contradict with something that you may have going on you know, yeah some, yeah but it, it doesn't work she just comes off as being like Stupid. extremely bland and she looks dumb her <laughs> mouth is open in every shot she just people talk to her and she just looks at them open mouth we're doing this weird smile I, I don't get it i don't get what that performance was it's so bad one thing that i thought was done really poorly in the movie but could have been cool was they all kind of start to figure out about Slender Man when they all feel that he's kind of real and they get together and they start watching um, the like fan videos of people who've seen Slender Man 
Right. And so these are videos that are, I think, just ripped from YouTube. Like, these are actual fan-made Slenderman videos. There's actually some cool videos out there they could have probably used that were better than the ones that they had. There's one series people keep referencing. Uh, I forget what the YouTube channel is, but they have, like, something like 80-some videos. Are you talking about Marble Hornets? That's it. Marble Hornets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marble Hornets is awesome. So, um, I feel like they probably could have used some of those videos and built up i mean that would serve two purposes it would both make the slenderman mythology clear in the movie and also be some creepy scenes to add that the characters be watching you know what i mean yeah totally there's i mean and and honestly if i were to do this movie if i if someone said make a slenderman movie what i would do is i'd make a blair witch ripoff and i would just copy the plot of the game where you're in stuck in the woods and you got to find the eight pages and then Slenderman okay. comes and gets you. That would be my movie. It would be, it, would it be uh an, an extreme rehash? Yes. Would it be extremely mediocre? Yes. But would it have a plot? It, yeah. Would it be a movie? Yeah, which is yeah. fine though, dude, because this movie is aimed at teenagers. It, it, they went they said Sony said that the reason they cut out so much of the movie was so they could achieve a PG-13 rating, but this movie was always written and filmed with a PG-13 rating in mind. They were just scared for some reason that they would face backlash. And it's like, this movie started filming and being worked on after all that stuff happened. So if you were going to be a, like, wuss about it, you should have done that before you even started making the movie. And it's really funny. Jason Blum did a Twitter Q&A the other day where he was just answering people's questions. And uh-huh. he said that he offered to produce and distribute this movie 300 times, and they turned him down every time, <laughs> the, the people who made it, which is hilarious. Because when Sony decided they wanted to cut this movie up and not market it at all, the producers tried to take it to other distributors like Netflix and Hulu and everyone, and no one would take it. Yeah, so they were so, stuck with Sony. <laughs> I really think that if this movie was done right, Slenderman could have been a really cool on-screen character that we could see in a bunch of other movies, like Samara from The Ring. You know, she's an iconic horror villain, despite Rings, and even most of The Ring too. You still remember her, you know? They just fucked it up so bad. I think even so, if it was just so a bad. mediocre horror movie, if it was just okay, but there was like some interesting kills or mythology or creepy scenes with Slenderman in them that kind of stuck with you. Even that, even if I had like two good scenes to talk about, I would have such a different outlook on this movie. <laughs> the, the shot work though is really good. The shot work is, is really good, especially at the beginning. The, the way they set up some shots, there's some actual talent involved there I could see and the framing was done really well. There's some also some cool shots when, there's also a really good shot when the, the dumb girl is talking to Wish Upon and you see their silhouettes on the wall speaking. There were some really cool inventive shots. Just not ones that actually mattered. Like when Slenderman was on screen, there was nothing good. A quarter way through the movie, it gets kind of lazy and boring. I don't know. It's there. There was some good, some good shot work in it, and the sound design I think was okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll concede some of that, but I just think that it was such. It was so boring. That it was so boring. I almost walked out. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was incredibly boring. I mean, it just drags and drags and drags, and then has. A pretty terrible ending. Nothing's resolved. It, it just kind of ends. It's almost like they just make all the other characters disappear after one scene. They're like, well, I guess we'll do that with the main character, too, since we've done that with every other one in the movie. Bye. The girl from Wish Upon, Joey King, and Bella Thorne, who's not in this movie. <laughs> what what has to happen for them to not get cast in films anymore? You know How many what? terrible <laughs> performances full of bad dialogue, 
bad acting, just not even trying, forgetting lines, stuff like that. How how much does that have to have to happen to these actresses before they stop getting cast? It just blows my fucking mind. There are so many better choices they could have gone with, even in this age range. They could have picked the girl who played Nancy Wheeler and Stranger Things would have been great as the main character or even the Joey King character. Yeah, I mean, this movie was just extremely bad. I I, I really don't have, I have much more to say about it other than I 100% wouldn't recommend anybody go see it. I just think it's not even really worth a movie pass. I just, I'd say just stay away from this one and, and don't use your time Sony more money, wisely. Dude. Don't, don't encourage them. They just, they just don't make good movies. And you, you, Sony's honestly the only distributor I can think of where their good movies are outliers. Yeah, I mean they consistently make bad movies. Why? Why would you have an old man write this movie if everyone in it is a teenager? Why do all the characters have such stupid names? Like it's just, it's insulting. It's just insultingly bad. It's just bad. It's not even so bad. It's funny because it's boring as shit because there's no plot. Right. I'm sure there's some group of people out there who like this movie because there's a group of people who like the strangers pray at night but <laughs> a good movie i mean i'd say at least for strangers pray at night it's heavily stylized there are some cool scenes in it there's characters there's a plot as much as it falls apart and is relies way too heavily on the visuals at least there's things to talk about in that movie this is just it like you like they gutted it they cut out half the movie and we're left with the carcass of what could have been something that was at least okay yeah totally they, that's exactly what they did it's just garbage it's just trash it should have never been released just they should have taken the loss yeah. honestly i mean i'd rather take the loss on it than release it in this state because this is just terrible because you make the people who worked on it look bad after you got their movie <laughs> you make yourselves look bad by releasing this garbage the whole point in gutting the movie was to not offend the dad of the girl who got stabbed but then you release it anyway, which he's still probably feeling exactly the same. Right, like he still probably feels like it's distasteful to make a movie about Slenderman. I, I, the, like, I don't think it was. I think it was distasteful, maybe a little, but I think if what the plot that they seem to have gone with, with this, where it's not set anywhere close to Wisconsin, it doesn't involve two girls taking their friend out in the woods and stabbing her. I feel like the plot they went with is different enough that the movie was fine how it was and there's no reason it should have been gutted in the way it was and there's no reason it should have been released at all in the state that sony left it in yeah i agree with that 100 uh i agree i think if they were gonna make it anyway and it was gonna be distasteful either way at least leave the stuff in and make it an okay movie instead of cutting out everything to try to be as least offensive as you possibly can if you're gonna be offensive anyway at least just make it an okay movie i think that's pretty much it on uh slender man you have any other closing remarks uh just one what did you give this on letterbox oh i haven't yet but i'm gonna give it half a star that's and also you, what i because you it. can't give a movie a zero no <laughs> i gave it half a star because that's the lowest rating you can possibly give a movie <laughs> that's that's it for me so you want to take us home yeah all right uh well always as always come back next week for more horror news and reviews and you never know who might be listening <laughs>